Hey everybody, before we get started, I just want to apologize. There's a little bit of lag on this interview. Uh, we were having some technical difficulties, uh, but I don't think it'll amount to anything more than just some minor annoyance on your part. You should still be able to grasp everything in this interview. Um, so I really appreciate you bearing with me, and I hope that you enjoy this interview. Thank you. An atheist has a near-death experience that leads him to become a spiritual seeker before he has an encounter with Jesus that shows him perhaps there is only one way on this week's Spirit Answers Podcast. Well, John, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure. Of course. Of course. Yeah. So your your story starts off in a hotel room. And can you kind of take us from there? What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Back in... 2008 sort of early 2008 in sort of January time I was working up there in London and uh, I was in this hotel room it was, uh, it was like a hotel which was a pub and there some hotel rooms above the pub so it was kind of like a sort of motel I think you would say or like a bed and breakfast kind of place above a pub and I was working up there and there was some other people that were on the building site that were also working on the same building site, but they're also staying in the same hotel above the pub. And one night I was just drinking, the beers were flowing, and I joined in with them and we were drinking. And the, the, the pub actually closed, so we ended up going upstairs into their room and just carried on drinking. And I didn't have much of an off button, so we're, we're drinking a lot. And, and I can't remember exactly what I said, but I said something out of line. And one of the, the, the lads, there's there probably about five or six in the room, and one of the lads got offended by what I said. I can't remember what I even said because I was, I was intoxicated at the time, but it was something that wasn't good. Next thing I know, he's just jumped up and he's, he's grabbed me by the throat. And wow. then within a few, few seconds, it was just very, very quick. All of a sudden, I'm just in this beautiful light, just bathing in this glorious light. I can hear this commotion going on around me. I can hear all this, this shouting, yeah, get off, and I can hear all these voices, but I didn't care because I was in this beautiful light and, and I was in this peace. And I've since that I've tried to figure out that peace, but it's the peace that surpasses all understanding that the Bible says you can't actually understand it. So I can't really explain because it's, it's understand, you can't understand it, but it's, it's, it's amazing. It's so so peaceful and i was only 22 at the time and and if i'd have had had a question what was in that light what do, do i want to do i want to stay there or do i want to come back easily i would have said i would stay i would have stayed in that light in that beautiful beautiful light and now i was only 22 but god had other ideas he, he put me back i remember i was there back in the room i just got up and went downstairs into my into my room and yeah, with that amazing experience. Um, these this guy who's tried to tried to end my life actually started it off properly. And yeah, yeah. Any more questions about that experience? Is there anything you want to sort of go over? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what was the light like? What did it look like? It was like a fire. It was like orangey, orangey kind of color. It was hmm. it was so intense. Yeah, it wasn't blinding. 
but it was bright it was so bright and it, and it wasn't in the mind it was like i felt it i felt it more than i thought it it was i was it was i felt it it was just amazing and it felt like like i'd been there before it was like there's a familiar kind of feeling that was there and um that was right there and yeah i can't can tr try to describe it that it's a bit like you know when you go on holiday and you you'd be living a busy life and you, you go on a holiday or if you're in a, you say you're on vacation you know mm -hmm. and you're 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 on the you're on the sun lounger and you're just lying there and you close your eyes and you've got the sun beating down and you're just at peace for a little bit because normally you you have it for a few seconds then your mind will start kicking in you start thinking about stuff but that split second that you have a piece multiply that by a million that's that was kind of how I, how how it felt but yeah it was like i was bathed in this beautiful light it, the color was like orangey red sort of, sort of yeah color mm. so it really there was a lot of peace there and the closest you can describe it to it sounds like you said like being on holiday being on vacation would you still say though that it was nothing compared to that would you say it was like an amplified version that you can't experience in the material world <laughs> you can't experience it but yeah after the experience i went on to try and find how i could get back to that that place and i tried um meditation i tried my, i was probably going too quite a far ahead in into my my kind of experience in my my testimony but yeah i, I was desperate to get back to that kind of place and and i would, I would do meditation my father was a kind of practicing buddhist and he would be taking me to these classes and i would i'd be meditating and i tried to get get to it but no, nothing came close to it there's only one thing that's actually given me a, a slight experience of getting back to that, and that's through sung worship christian worship mm. music where you just wow. surrendered and you're in you're in that sort of time that is timeless i don't know if anybody's been in that worship setting where they just raise their hands and they're just they're in, in they're just in the god's presence and mm. yeah it's timeless i don't know how long i was there for but oh it was amazing Real quick, going back to that uh, encounter there that you had in the hotel. So when you woke up, then it was just like no, no one was near you. You never got any like medical assistance or anything like that. No, wow! No! Wow! No! No! I just, I just, I just can remember leaving the room, leaving the room, and and going downstairs into my hotel room. Um, I was, I was sober afterwards as well, completely sober, mm -hmm. dehydrated very thirsty but not intoxicated and the build up to that that moment i it was very fuzzy very fuzzy because i was very very i was drunk you know but, mm -hmm. but after that experience i was sober but the actual experience itself felt like yesterday or felt like it just felt like this, it happened this morning it's so mm -hmm. i remember it so vividly wow all the events building up to it were very fuzzy but that moment i remember so 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 clearly yeah i can just this was so lovely because I can, I can at any time now i can just kind of switch off and, and think about that moment and yeah i can still feel that i feel a little bit of that experience still because it's so vivid such a vivid experience and that's something that you've never experienced before, right? That kind of a, a memory that is so vivid, even after all this time has passed. Is that right? 
Yeah, that's right. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned your father as well, um, and your father having uh, history with Buddhism. Were were uh, Buddhist beliefs kind of your spiritual background before you had this experience, or what were your spiritual beliefs before you had it? No. My spiritual beliefs were, oh, at the time, they were they they were not Christian. I've never heard of any anyone having a near death experience. It's not something that I was familiar about. I've never heard of anybody having what I experienced. Um, that was all quite foreign to me. Um, my actual my my background in sort of spiritualness, my, even though my father was of a kind of Buddhist, because of his Christian depression, he he was reaching out to different kind of things to try and try and help his depression out. But for me, I was I was raised as a kind of Catholic. Went to a Catholic school. I was an altar boy. A brief 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 time as being an altar boy, and you know, even though I wasn't a Christian, I I really did still really like to believe that Jesus was real and I did when I was a child as I went through my teenage years I started thinking that it was it was all just made up that, that's how I that's how I thought in my teenage years and then as I went into my early 20s around that time yeah I didn't I didn't believe in Jesus as such you know I would have li- I'd like to think there was something but yeah not, not at that time and my father was was kind of, at that time at 22 I wasn't I wasn't seeking Buddhist, Christian, Catholicism, or anything. I was basically living for me, alcohol, and just women, drugs. That's what I was living for, really. It was later that I kind of wanted to to find out what's the truth. I think that's really interesting, and I appreciate you saying that because you are somebody that wasn't going out of your way to look for these types of experiences. It's not like you were really investigating the supernatural or the, the even the spiritual. This was something that really kind of just snuck up on you. Mm, absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. I wasn't pursuing anything of, of a kind of afterlife experience. I was, I was, yeah. I was not. I was not interested in. It. I was, was all I was interested was was get drunk and yeah, just have a try and have a laugh, really. Even though it wasn't a laugh, it was just covering a lot of lot of stuff. So, so for you, John, as someone that kind of viewed, you know, all this spiritual stuff as kind of a fairy tale, this really changed your worldview overnight. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I especially thought that Christianity was a kind of fairy tale and as a kind of story. I, I really did at that time, and even after the experience itself. I remember thinking that even sinners go to heaven because I I felt I was I felt like I had a had a moment in heaven and I, I just thought that even sinners went to heaven because I was a sinner at the time according to the to the Bible and the law and I was and I thought wow great even even sinners will go to heaven I'll, I'll be okay but things didn't go too well after that um, I carried on drinking and. Shall I go to the next part of my, my story, brother? Yeah, yeah, that would be great because I understand at this point you were saying that you kind of got into some uh, meditative practices. So, yeah, kind of pick us up, pick mm. pick up right there for us and, yeah. and tell us what happens next. Yeah, see, about, um, yeah, so 
this happened in, in 2008 when I had this this uh, near-death experience and, and the years that followed were dark. I was, there was a lot of alcohol, there was a lot of drugs, there was a lot of I was addicted, I was an addict, I was an addict and yeah, uh, it was things weren't good and, and in 2014 I hit my rock bottom, I, I, was, I met my girlfriend, that's now my wife and we've been together uh, yeah, and in 2014, we met We met in 2009, so in 2014, um, I missed her sister's wedding day after after a night of, of cocaine and alcohol and cigarettes. And I, I woke up to all these, these messages saying, where are you? And yeah, I missed, I missed the wedding day. And that was kind of my bottom. I knew that I had to sort of change for her anyway, you know, if otherwise I'd, I'd have lost her. I had to change for myself too. But what that I saw, I became a teetotal of the June 2014 because I had to, because I didn't have, have, have any other choice. Because I was living in, in her flat there that her mum owned. So my dad at the time was only, it was living in a little flat. So um, it would not have been good, me moving in with him. And I just had to stop because every time I say, this time is the last, I'll, 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 I'll stop it. It was like um, it was just like empty promises, but this this time it was real because I remember the, the feeling of just oh no, I missed the day, uh, the day that I should have been with her before her, her sister's wedding. I wasn't, and, and I can I, I got to the reception. I remember getting to the reception. I jumped in the car and I drove there. I remember the feeling of just po being poisoned by the cocaine and the just the hangover and. I remember I almost threw up on the way there and I got to the reception and I made up this lie that I was like food poisoned. I went out and met, met some friends the night before and I had a kebab and got food poisoned and I made up this lie and, and actually everybody fell for it and there were people come up to me and oh yeah those, those Turkish uh, kebabs yeah they're not very good and, and yeah so they could have carried, carried that lie on but I didn't I just I couldn't and, and Hannah says go home you've you got to go home you look terrible so on the on the way back to the car, I said to Helen, "Look, it wasn't food poisoning. I went out, I got drunk, I got wrecked with some friends." And she was, "How dare you?" And I remember going home, and she came back later. I was on, on the end of the bed. Like, I, I will, I will change. I, I will stop. And I remember I was in tears. And but that that then started um, exposing the sort of me that needed sedating. So. Um, from 2014 to sort of mid 2015, I was really seeking um, help from all all car all places. I needed it. I really did need it. And um, my father, who, who's been depressed all his life, really since since he raised me and my sister up, and he must have been before then. He's been depressed, and he was he's into Buddhism. He likes the Dalai Lama. He he got meditating and gave me this book because he could see this how much I was suffering and he, he gave me this book about the I think it's called the art of happiness by the Dalai Lama and he gave me this book and it didn't make things better it made things worse and I was going to these meditation classes with him and ah even though I would have this kind of temporary um rest bite from this anxiety this the, the addiction and it, it never it never went and um yeah, and in 2015, 
Yeah, but I was reading these other books as well, like um, a few other books that I, that I read, so I'm sort of trying to get self-help. I never read the Bible, but I was reading other books, and there's like the Celestian Prophecy, I think it's called, and there was another one called The Power of Now, and there's another book called Conversations with God, all these these these, these books, but they all had something sort of in, in common that they all talked about Jesus as well, and there's all... And now I realize that it, everything does actually, all my books and everything, it all was, was leading me to Jesus. And the Celestine Prophecy talks about Jesus at the end of it, and Power of Now, he speaks a lot about Jesus' teachings. And, and um, yeah, in, in 2015, I was, I was an anxious wreck, and I was, we went to bed, my wife and I, she had, she had a really busy day the next day, driving to Wales. And, was her first uh, costume fitting for a new job and and um, get to bed and I wake up in this middle of, middle of the night with this terrible heartburn because it's actually the start of Lent and as we were as we were kind of Catholic so we were we were um, celebrating pancakes we had pancakes and had had a lot of lot of sugar and lemon on the pancakes and and I woke up in the middle of the night went to the and I had this terrible heartburn really really bad heartburn and I was tossing and turning next to my wife and fully conscious that, that she had this uh, this big day the next day. And I, I didn't want to wake her up. I didn't want to dis- disturb her sleep because she had a such a big day. But I still, I'm still in this, this discomfort. And um, I hear this voice. He says, I am Jesus. I am here. Take my wow. hand and I will lead you to the light. And I hear this audible voice in the room. It was so much love in, in the room, and just after he said these words, Helen lets up this giggle, and I'm like, okay, Helen's okay, because she lets up this lovely giggle. Oh, I'm fine. <laughs> it's all good. My heart then vanishes, completely disappears, because everything had to. The love that was in the room, it all had to just, just go. So the heartburn left, the anxiety left, and I fell, I fell back to sleep with this incredible experience. And, and I wasn't a Christian at the time. Um, I was I was going down the route of Buddhism because I thought that that was what I needed. I thought that was the answer, but it, it wasn't. Jesus is the answer. And what I loved about Jesus speaking to me that night is that he was so blunt. The first thing he said is, I am Jesus. I am here. Take my hand. I will lead you to the light. And yeah. I remember going to sleep, Helen, Helen setting off to work up to, up to the north of the country really early. And she came back, I cooked her, cooked her meal because she got back late. And I remember just on my knees, but hey, Jesus spoke to me last night. And I told, I told, her, I told her what he said and she was a bit freaked out because I, I said, and you laughed, you laughed after, after, you, heard his, after you heard his words. He just out this little giggle, and she goes, "Oh, God. she was a bit freaked out." She goes, "What were you going to heaven?" You know, I said, "I don't know what what what, what he meant, but he spoke to me. It 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 will um it will make sense in the years to come. I'm sure of it. Months, years to come, and and yeah, so I've been holding his hand ever since because I know he spoke to me. I know he's alive. I know he's he's in heaven, and and um he's real." Wow. I love the fact that uh, 
Helen also giggled as well. I think that's just a, a beautiful yeah. touch to to an, an already incredible story. It's just confirmation. It's confirmation right. that it really happened. First confirmation was that I was in terrible pain. This, this heartburn. I wasn't half asleep because I was wide awake in pain, thinking how this heart this heartburn's terrible. What's going on? The second the second confirmation was Helen lets out a little giggle after the words of Jesus came to came to me in the room. And she lets out this giggle and yeah, so it was just confirmation. What do you remember what his voice sounded like? The most beautiful, loving, fatherly voice you can ever imagine. Is like I, I can can describe it like a million fathers voices speaking to you at once it was just beautiful it was in english i know it was in an accent i understood it sounded it's i just it just it was just i just knew who it was it was just even though he didn't have to say i am jesus i'm here because i just knew it who it was it was love it was a fatherly voice and yeah it was in like a million fathers voices at once it was beautiful and when you heard the voice then there was never an element of fear it was always similar to your near-death experience you were always in a peaceful state absolutely yeah 100 mm -hmm. there was no fear no there was no fear just love real love mm -hmm. uh, wow yeah what happened after that i still didn't um sort of get the bible out start reading the bible i was i was like um i thought well it happened great and um I didn't. I didn't really enter Christianity straight away. Um, these books kept kept reading these books, and they kept kind of leading me back to Jesus. But yeah, and um, yeah, I joined this running club. I, I started running really well. Started running lots of races, and, and uh, yeah, it was like 2016, and I was still struggling. I was still struggling with addiction. Though. I was even even though I hadn't hadn't drunk, hadn't smoked, I had anxiety had, had left me and that thing, that addiction, and I was still struggling with addictive sort of mindset. So I was seeking, I was still seeking for for ways to, to break free from that, that sort of addictive mindset. And um, I, I got into some sort of sort of third eye meditation stuff that was on YouTube and there was this other thing called Ascended Masters where they speak about Jesus and as, as, as one of many Ascended Masters which is which is nonsense now and but there was yeah I, and yeah I did that sort of stuff and even at, and at the sort of beginning of 2015 before Jesus spoke to me on my statue um, I wasn't I wasn't drinking because I gave up in 2014. So I thought it'd be a cool idea to do ghost hunting as a, as a stag do. So I, I went to this sort of haunted labyrinth underground and did a Ouija board and yeah, looking for ghosts. That's all been renounced, you know, because I, I know it's not pleasing to God, but I thought it was something to do other than drink. But so there was, there was a lot of stuff going on. Um, but sort of after, after the experience with Jesus, yeah, I can remember that I met this monk, this, that monk that was friends with my father and 
still in contact with him today. Yeah, we, I meditated quite a lot, but I can remember in the in the sort of times after Jesus spoke to me, um, when I was meditating, I was actually praying. I just found myself in deep prayer. I can, I can remember just praying and asking for Jesus to protect me, especially when I was doing these third eye meditation stuff on YouTube. And I'll just be saying, Jesus, protect me before, before I sort of went into these these um, meditative states of mind. Really. And so you start going into these meditative states and start getting into the spiritual, start dabbling with Ouija boards and ghost hunting. What then led you uh, to a pure relationship with Jesus? How did you leave some of these other spiritual practices behind? Mm. Worship, worship music. That was it. That was it. That was it for me. I remember um, in 2016, um, Going into 2017, I found TBN, found TBN UK and the Christian TV broadcasting thing. And, and um, all I'd kind of known about was Catholic, Catholic, Catholicism. And um, mm -hmm. to the point that even, and as my pregnant, our, our first child, because of Jesus spoke to me, I thought we need to start going to church. So we started going to a Catholic church every Sunday. And because Helen's got a bit of a background of Catholic, with the Catholic church as well. So we would still go at Christmas and stuff. But, and um, yeah. Yeah. And um, in, yeah, so in 2016, 17, and remember our daughter was born in 2017. And another lovely God uh, incident about that is that she was born two years almost two years to the date that jesus spoke to me helen's actually waters broke on the day two years after jesus spoke, jesus spoke to me wow so it was a lovely it was a lovely moment of just sort of another confirmation you know that yeah he gives us exactly yeah. what we need at the exact right time yeah he does he does he's amazing praise god and um yeah so the, the sort of so we went to this Catholic sort of church, but I found TBN and there was something about the worship. And, and it was only when we, we kind of moved to this house in 2019 that I went to a church, a, a sort of charismatic church, and there was this worship. And even though I'd seen it on TBN and I'd, I'd seen people up there worshiping, I love singing, I sing, I write songs, and I, I love that. And, um, yeah, we went to this church and they were worshiping and instantly my, my hands are in the air and I, I can just I just love it and and then I started having these encounters in worship where yeah I've had many encounters in worship and I was like this is this is really this is really the only way yeah. mm. that's interesting because it makes me think about um, other people's near-death experience testimonies that I've heard where they also get the truth. Uh, it really hits their heart through these experiences. It's almost as if it just, you know, penetrates their being in such a way that they totally understand after that experience that the Bible is true and Jesus is the only way. And I wonder, I wonder for you, uh, maybe if it was a little bit different because Jesus wanted you to maybe go on a maybe more of a circular path to kind of overturn every rock, so to speak, so you could maybe have more of a clear understanding uh, and, and then maybe fortify your faith in a way that wouldn't have been as possible if everything came to you so quickly. 
Um, that's, yeah. that's just what I wonder, because I think maybe there was a part of you that was, that was still, um, it, you, you, there was a part of whatever purpose that Jesus has for you. He needed you to maybe still, uh, have these other experiences to, to really cement in your mind who he is. And maybe in the process, even helping other people that have been through similar things as you. What's different for you in terms of your relationship now with, with God and Jesus as, a, as opposed to those years that you had spent kind of dabbling in, in Buddhism and, and in the third eye, uh, you know, trying to open up your third eye, those types of practices? What's different for you? What, what is different in your spiritual life now as opposed to that time? Well, I, I feel free. I feel at peace. And back then, I was, there's a lot of fear even going into these these kind of meditative um yeah, sort of encounters whatever uh, it was yeah it was it was there was always a bit of fear um connected with them whereas now there's no fear just love and yeah it's 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 great and, and i love reading the word now and i just i just love it i just love my life now i wouldn't change it for anyone and um but back then with, with those meditative experiences and yeah there was as i keep saying we, we, there was a lot of fear there there was a bit of, bit of emptiness um sort of trying to free yourself from your mind and and yeah it wasn't good and it was there were i, was, I believed i was speaking to my my grandfather um, I would be in this, these, these sort of uh, meditating and third eye stuff, and I could hear, my, I could hear my granddad speaking to me, and and yeah, there was any conversation I'd write down, and and then when my my nan died in uh, in two thousand and eighteen, I then again started started going back into this third eye stuff, and um yeah, trying to speak to her, which. Uh, it wasn't her. It wasn't my granddad either. You know, these are these are familiar spirits. And yeah, I was certainly speaking to someone, mm-hmm. something. Um, but now I, I hear the, I hear, I can hear God, but it's, it's not the same. It's not the same. Mm-hmm. Not the same as those 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 um. Yeah, you you had to you had to protect yourself in those other experiences, which is the complete opposite of what you do right now in your in your worship with God. There's no you don't have to do any kind of a ritual or surround yourself with any kind of a white light. You really just submit yourself to the creator of the of the spiritual and the physical. And that's I think that's a huge difference. And and I would think creates a lot more peace, an atmosphere of peace than before. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. It's not, it can, this, these things can't be good if you have to go into them and protect yourself. You have to, you have to, yeah, protect yourself with a white light and stuff. It's not good. You know? When but, yeah, these, these these worship experiences and stuff, that yeah, it, it's just love there, you know? and God is love. Yeah, well said. Why do you think that Jesus? Um, chose to wait to speak to you after that experience there uh, with the heartburn. I have my theory. I'd, I'd be interested to see what, what do you think? 
I was just, I was in a lot of pain. I just think mm. that it was the right time for me. Um, I was really worried about the, what was happening and he came to set me free. Um, I think the reason he, 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 he came through and spoke to me was because I was, I was trying, I was trying to get off of alcohol, even though I was off of alcohol, but I was trying to, it was, it was like an act of obedience. I was trying, and I believe our Heavenly Father saw that and said, Jesus, go and, and, and help, help us, help, help him along. I don't know exactly why it was, it was after the heartburn that, that he spoke to me, well, during the, the heartburn, I don't know, but all I do know is that I was in a heck of a lot of pain and Jesus came and took it all away. Yeah, and I think that that's exactly what I was thinking is that just so many elements of what was going on at that time lined up perfectly for Jesus to speak to you. You were, you were earnestly trying to get off of some of those addictive behaviors, the alcohol. Uh, Helen was in the other room and, and it was perfect. It was perfect timing for her while she was asleep to, to start, you know, giggling. Um, as soon as you heard that voice, um, your pain went away. And I also think that as it says in the Bible, that Jesus will oftentimes uh, he he loves to meet people that are that are uh, really down and out and really hurting, because I think that that's when he knows that we're really ready to submit to him and, and his truth. And I think I just think there was the perfect all these different elements were lining up at just the right time uh, for you to have that uh, encounter with him. And again, I just yeah. think it speaks to his perfect timing. It doesn't always make sense in that exact moment when the incident happens. But I think a lot of times looking back, we can start to kind of connect the dots um, not every time, but I think a lot of times we can start looking back and kind of connecting the dots. You're like, you know what? That came at exact exactly the right time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I and and sort of thinking back to what Jesus spoke to me, those words, uh, "I am Jesus. I am here. I take my hand. I will lead you to the light." And it was like a few years afterwards they they spoke to me, and I'm thinking, "What's it mean?" You know. I'll lead you to the light. And then it kind of, the, 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 I think they call it the penny drops. And it was the light of my near-death experience. That's the light he was, he was, he was speaking about. Like, Hold my hand, I will lead you to the light. And it was like from that, that moment during the sort of birth of my, my first daughter that I, I realized that I didn't want to jeopardize that. And um, I wanted to go back to that light when, when it's my time. And yeah, I've been been holding his hand ever since. And and I think I think when when you are asking the question of why did he why did he choose to speak to me and doing the heartburn, it says in the Bible what what you hear whispered at night, declare it in the day, and we hear whispered in your ear, whispered in your ear, shout it from the rooftops. That's what I'm doing. I, I share it with everybody that that I feel that the Holy Spirit um, leads me to, to to share it with. I say it to so many people, and it brings a lot of comfort. I had a, had a had a moment recently where there's a, there's a man in his sort of late 80s, and he's one of my customers, and he was speaking to me. His son just died, and he was he was really sad. He was really sad, and he says he's also developed Alzheimer's, and he was he was in a really bad state. And and I I shared him my testimony about when Jesus spoke to me. I shared him about my near death experience. I shared to him about that Jesus spoke to me and and he just burst into tears he's like he just sobbed and he was like 
he's never heard that. He never. He must have been raised and lived in a, in a life full of atheists that, that didn't believe. And, and me sharing with them, he he just cried. And I remember hearing like the voice within just say that. Holy Spirit said he's waited his whole whole life for that. So yeah. Wow. Um, and I, I, I share it with many, many, many of my my elderly customers, and there's been many of teary eyes, and so it's, it, yeah, I really do, I really do sort of believe in that scripture. You know, what you hear whisper, shout it from the rooftops. What you hear in the in the night, declare it in the day. I believe something something on on those lines, and I most certainly do do that. Yeah, it's it's more than just the the supernatural, isn't it? Although that's incredible, there's a truth behind the supernatural experience there that is even more powerful, and I think even more uh, important. Mm. That that is mm. that, like you said, you're going to shout it from the rooftops. You're going to shout yeah. the the truth that you understand now from the rooftops, and I think that uh, that's just so cool. Um, mm. I also think about the the quote that Jesus, uh, what he told you about the light as well, that sentence. And I think you relayed um, earlier to me that or bef- before we started recording that this didn't just come back you, to the near-death experience, this quote, you know, about the light. Did, weren't you also saying that you think that it also encompassed some of the things that had happened uh, within the last couple of years in your life in terms of the light? Yeah, absolutely. You know, at the time I was very much in the dark, and he he says, you know, take my hand, I will lead you into to the light. And I was living in so much darkness, but things did start. The brightness started to to get brighter, and my life started to get better. And um, the more I held onto his hand, you know, the anxiety had disappeared, and there's still addictive sort of binging sort of things that 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 were sort of bothering me but they started to disappear they started to evaporate but eating too much and binging and these things started to just to sort of fizzle out the more i sort of held onto his hand and yeah i started to started to run for a running club that was amazing and started to win a lot of races and yeah life just really started to to improve in a in a, in a dramatic way wow that and there was a piece there was a piece there that you didn't have before it seems like absolutely yeah yeah it was yeah absolutely and it was there and it, it was there it was there, there in the near-death experience that piece and when jesus spoke about leading me to the light and yeah i was in a lot of darkness and and you know i got it was the light of my near experience ultimately that that he wanted me to lead me to and um and things did start getting brighter you know not everybody in this life is going to have the incredible experience that you had a near-death experience or a brush with the supernatural however as someone uh like yourself that has been able to have an experience like that what would you tell to someone that is like you um, and or like you at a certain time of your life and is looking for that peace and looking for those truths, but they don't know where to start. Where where would you lead them and what would you tell them? I would lead them to a to a church, to a to a real real 
real sort of Bible-based church with, with a great worship team. And that, that's, um, that's in tune with the Holy Spirit and that's the Holy Spirit uh, flow. Um, because that's where that's where the that's where the freedom is. It's, it's with the Holy Spirit. So that that's what I would I would suggest. And, and and buy a Bible. Start reading the Gospels, or Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and just hear the Son of God speak to you. And I I remember after Jesus spoke to me, I remember these prayers saying, "Please speak to me again." You know, and I could I could I could just feel the Lord saying, "I'm there in the Bible. I can speak to you there." So yeah, read the Bible and and just just get into worship, get into the presence of God. Mm-hmm. I wish I wish I could have had that sooner, but I've got it now. I'm never letting it go. Yeah, beautifully said. And I love that you mentioned the Holy Spirit as well. I just think that sometimes for whatever reason, I think that there are some churches where it just, it just isn't, isn't as potent as it is in other churches. And I think like you, yourself and your experience and in my experience, you just know, you just know when you're in a, in a spirit led church, there's a piece there that, that surpasses all understanding, whether that's through the, whether that's through the, the worship, like for you, it's so strong or through the message or through the people, the community, maybe it's a little bit of everything. There's something there, I think, that yeah. just really transcends the physical, the, the physical, and um, it, you really can't measure it by any scientific means. It really is the equivalent of, in a way, a Christian equivalent of some of these other, you know, spiritualities like the, using the Ouija board or ghost ghost hunting. Uh, except this is much more, uh, like you know, we've been saying a lot. This peaceful feeling, this this feeling of contentment. It doesn't just feed off of your your flesh, so to speak. It's not like a dopamine hit. This is something much more than that. And I, and I think that it's so, um, it really does change your life when you, when you have this experience and you combine that, like you said, with the Bible and you, you'll never look at life the same way. I, I can, I think both John and myself will guarantee that. Yeah. Yeah. So just one, one more thing really is that what I, I would, I would suggest someone who's seeking the truth get baptized find someone get baptized in the name of jesus then and just give your life to jesus and 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 ask him to to come into your life ask invite him into your heart you know uh, that's what i would highly recommend you doing and stop and pray and pray to our heavenly father and um but we're going back to the, the worship side of things it's very very close to my heart i play the guitar sing and stuff and there was it was one time where i was i was i was going to this this worship night that's part of my church it was on a, on a friday evening by this lady who's who's leading it on the piano and I had this fantastic encounter and i was just there with my hands hands raised and i could just i could see jesus on a swing he was on a on a on, a, on like a on like a, a swing that's got like a couple of people can sit on it and he was there on one side and I went over to him and I said can I go can I can I can I go on it he goes yeah sure and, and I asked him I said how high does it go and he says how high can you handle <laughs> that's what he said that was amazing wow <laughs> and that was just high. yeah oh go ahead yeah so it, just sort of thinking back at that time like 
he'll only take you as far as you can handle, you know. So I think that was that was a lovely experience, and there's been so many experiences that I've had in worship with Jesus, and it's been fantastic. So I'd highly recommend getting into the presence of God, finding finding a church, or if you play the guitar, just start playing and and get into the presence of God. Yeah, he meets you where where you're at, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely, he does. Yeah. Well, John, I I can't thank you enough for sharing your incredible story with us today, and uh, it's so it's so powerful, and uh, I I just you know I'm I'm in awe of uh, your story, and and just so so thankful for you, and uh, I will definitely keep you in my prayers, and um, just wish thank you all you, the best. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for asking me and reaching out. And good luck and God bless you in, in all you do for this. And yeah, all glory to God, Alex. And uh, yeah, I, I, good luck and godly good luck to you, brother. Oh, another thing as well. I always used to think I was lucky, you know, and I used to think I was so lucky, but it's not luck, it's a blessing. You know, now I just say blessed because lucky is something that, that you feel that you don't deserve you know i never say i'm lucky now really so just be blessed and, yeah. that makes sense makes total sense it makes me think about how in proverbs it talks about how a, a man's mind will set his way but the lord will direct his steps and so i think that you know really i i think that god is is in control of a lot more things than maybe what we give him credit for we we choose whether or not i think in life if we're going to do it his way or or our way or the world's way but i think that ultimately god will then use whatever choice that we make in order to help glorify him uh to the best of his ability and i think that luck definitely quote luck plays a role in that because i think that god uh, I think that he definitely has his hand in all of the quote lucky things that happened to us. I think he's very, very aware of even the mi most minute details that we might not even uh, give him the credit for. Yeah, amen. Well, th well, thank you so much, John. Really appreciate it. You're welcome, brother. Thank you. God bless you. Well, that's it for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you for liking, subscribing, and sharing this interview with someone. I really appreciate that. And thank you for submitting your near-death experience or your uh, miracle encounter, your miracle healing, your new new age to Christianity testimony to my email at spiritanswerspodcast at gmail.com. And um, again, I hope that you're enjoying the podcast, and just a reminder that um, you know, maybe you're somebody that was touched by what John had to share today and um, no one is in this life is going to love you more than God loves you and wants to have a relationship with you. So I hope that if that is you, if that's somebody that if you're somebody that doesn't have a relationship with God currently, that this hopefully planted a seed for you and uh, got you a little bit closer to that relationship that our creator wants to have with you. Um, seriously, note your your parents, your spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, whomever that person is uh, that you think loves you the most in this world that is nothing more than a drop in the bucket compared to how much our creator loves you uh, so I hope, this, hope that this made an impact for you and um, thank you again for tuning in and uh, for supporting the podcast I really appreciate it 
And I uh, hope to see you on our Facebook group as well, Spirit Answers. And uh, please share your prayer request uh, with me as well. I will see you all next week. I will be praying for you. Have a great week, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>